Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Adam Maniva of the Burgundy Gold Report. Hey, how you doing, Adam? Hey, how's it going, man? Doing really well. I know you've been underwater because you got a lot of <laughs> a lot of crap to deal with <laughs> going on here. <laughs> well, not only professionally, but at home and all this other stuff coming. But hey, I got to ask you a question because you know we're all into food. You know how much I love food. I'm a big burger guy. Are you a burger guy at all? Oh, for sure. At least once a week, having burgers all year round. Uh, yeah, I love it. So hey, I'll tell you this. I used to get a burger every day. I used to hit a burger every single day. That was my, lu- my lunch. Every day was a burger. Uh, I would go to the gym, work out for like an hour, and eat a burger. So I'd like net zero for the whole day. I work out just so I can get burgers, man. That's basically the end. i got to <laughs> ask you this question because I, I'm such a burger guy myself. What's your favorite burger? What do you like on your burger? I'll be honest. I'm I'm just a normal guy. I don't I don't like all the huge fixings. The you know the piling high. You know, just yeah. give me pickles, mustard, ketchup. You know, basic burger. I don't right. like a thick oh, burger, like a nice thin burger. But okay. you know, I like it. You know, a nice uh, medium rare. Otherwise, okay. uh, it's Brilliant. done. But to me, it's it's just all about on the grill. Flame broiled is the best to me. You know. Yeah. No. And I and I'll just say this. The reason why I asked is I got into a little bit of a, a tip about putting fried egg on a burger, all right? So I, I like I like having fried egg on a burger. You don't sound like a guy who's going to like that. Am I wrong? No, it, it, no it's actually something funny because my, my, my mom's from Australia, and that's a big thing that we've always had. Like, that's become a big thing the last, like, 10 years here. But yes, as a sir. kid, that was always someone put on the burger, and I loved yeah. eggs. And I love burgers, but never huge on the, the, the combo. It's always kind of separated. But I gave it to my kids for the first time about a month ago. They loved yep. it. So, no, nah, you can't uh, go wrong with that. As winner, long, as, as, long as you don't do that sunny side up. Stay away yeah. from that sunny side up because that can be uh, dangerous on that burger. <laughs> I, told, I totally agree. We do not need any more messiness on that burger. I totally agree with that. And the funny <laughs> thing is, hey, guys, I, I just learned something new about Adam. You said your mother's from Australia? Oh, yeah, yeah. I actually have dual citizenship myself, so I'm American-Australia. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. So I'm going to blow your mind because I'm actually a Kiwi. I'm actually from New Zealand. So we actually are oh, more American. <laughs> Believe it or not, we oh, should those, be doing a... Those are some great rugby games, I'll I tell know, you that. exactly. We should be doing a rugby podcast <laughs> where we're mortal enemies, man. All blacks all the way. So, um, yeah, amazing. So look at that. Look at all the great stuff that you learn about us on this podcast. Anyway... So, hey, listen, we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about Julio Jones. We're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. We're going to talk about best available free agents for NFL teams to consider. So let's get it rolling. All right, let's talk about Julio Jones and his saga uh, first. And it's really starting to heat up now. So we'll give you a little bit of background. So according to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, Julio Jones, who is now 32, requested a trade quote, a few months ago, shortly after the end of the 2020 season, in which he dealt with recurring hamstring issues, Rappaport said that Julio's trade request, quote, doesn't mean he'll get traded before the 2021 season, but there are some discussions about whether he would go for a first-round pick or whatever. And it just kind of sat there for a while, kind of simmered. But it started to really blow up recently. Now, first of all, some background, the Jaguars, Jets, Broncos, Bengals, Lions, Browns, Chargers, and 49ers all have enough salary cap space 
So Zorb Julio is granted, uh, guaranteed $15.3 million 2021 salary without moving money around. That doesn't mean other teams can't do it, but those guys are in good position without moving money around. But earlier in May, there was discussion regarding the Colts being interested, and Indy does have the ability to make $21.5 million in cap space available and could use another weapon for incoming quarterback Carson Wentz to win now, because it seems like that's what they're doing, assuming they're willing to trade valuable draft picks. Now, the Patriots have also entered the conversation of NBC Sports Boston's Michael Hawley reporting that, that Julio Jones, quote, really wants to play with Cam Newton, unquote. So Jones also reportedly thinks that Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan has, quote, lost a little of his deep ball. Uh, so the Patriots do have a history of trading for receivers. They could also make about $15.3 million, his $15.3 million base salary fit under the cap by moving money around. Plus, there have been rumors that the Patriots have done exactly that internally. So they're having discussions internally about moving money around to get Julio Jones. And on top of that, there's also some discussion of interest from the Raiders. And just yesterday, Jones was spotted by a fan wearing a Dallas Cowboys jersey around the airport. And when asked by Shannon Sharp today if he wanted to be traded, he said, quote, I'm out of there. To make it even more bizarre, it's not even 100% clear that Jones knew he was on live TV at the time. So he was probably being really honest. All right, Adam, (laughs) a lot to unpack there. But let's start with what do you think Julio Jones is worth in a trade, and what do you think he's going to get traded? Yeah, and I think Atlanta thinks he's worth a first. <clears throat> and it's not to say that it's not. It's just this point, when you're talking about post-draft, value goes down. So if it's before the draft, I think first round, I think there'd be a lot more teams that were involved. And the fact that it's been reported that he said he wanted this months ago, you know, if Atlanta ends up losing him for less than a first, they're stupid. It's on them because pre-draft, yeah. I truly think they could have got maybe probably a future first and then maybe something small this year. But I think now they're looking at a situation, second round is best case scenario. And I think they're going to look for maybe a second round and a player. That's something we've seen a lot of teams try to do. And I think the Pats are the favorite. You know, you can't – Julio's going to get any shot to be involved with it. And from what everybody's saying, he does have leverage in the situation. I think the Pats have to be the favorite. You know, you're talking about Cam Newton, but you're also talking about Mac Jones. You're talking about the familiarity. You know, he's kept his presence around Alabama since he's been in Atlanta. So I think it's not far-fetched. But, you know, the, the team that everyone keeps talking about and I think is probably the worst fit, is Philadelphia just because oh, I think they're needed, yeah. and they're talking about you know having the the tandem of the you know Alabama receivers after they drafted Devontae Smith, but I think you're talking about worst case. That's the worst case, and also you know forget that uh, Jalen Hurts was a Alabama quarterback at one time as well. But I just think if you're talking about bad fit, that's probably one of the worst ones. But you want to talk about a play that would probably solve a marriage. Potentially, mm-hmm. you know, I think the Packers, you know, are a dark horse out there. I don't know their salary cap situation, and I know mm-hmm. that you know they're talking about more money for Aaron Rodgers. But if we're talking about fairy tale situations, I think Green Bay would have an opportunity to have him and Devontae Adams, and you know, this is Super Bowl or bust. So yeah, to me, that's probably the biggest long shot. And then I'll end with my dark horse. My dark horse is a team that you know I've been talking about a lot because I, I really like what they're doing. It's the New York Jets. You know, I think yeah. they slowly built up their offense. Their defense has a long way to go, but to me, they're definitely a dark horse. And, you know, Chicago definitely can't be out of the conversation, but I think they have their own receivers issues right now trying to, you know, get that franchise tag issue situated. So I think that probably puts them out of the equation. But, you know, there's definitely going to be some teams involved. I don't think this is going to drag on as long as Atlanta is making it seem. I think we're going to see a move probably in the next month or, 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 you know, let's say three weeks or so. 
because I just don't see this, you know, staying the same. But, you know, you did mention San Francisco, Kyle mm-hmm. Shanahan, you know, the, the, the past relationship he had when he was Atlanta, that's something to watch as well. But I don't know if that's as big as a concern for San Francisco right now, the direction they're heading to, you know, give up more future capital for someone, you know, that it's going to be 32 years old. But, you know, there's definitely going to be some interested teams. I just don't see Atlanta getting a first-round form. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And it would be interesting to see if any of these other players, because there are a lot of teams that actually can make this happen. You know, if, if they want it to happen, they can make it happen. And, and I think you're right. I mean, the Falcons are in a particularly precarious situation in terms of cap space. They don't have enough cap space to sign all their draft picks. So they actually right. do have to move something. And this would be, right. this would open it up way open. If they get rid of Julio Jones' contract, they basically blow it way open. They can do anything they want. They can even make other moves that they want, you know. And they, and they already have in line two great players in Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. And I'm going to get back to that in a minute because I want your, I'm going to get your opinion on this impact on the, on the Falcons if he decides to move right. on. But let me just roll back just for a second and ask you about some of the guys, some of the teams out there that we didn't mention yet that, I, that have the, calorie, the salary cap space available. And they don't have to do anything. In fact, they're just sitting there, open cal- salary cap, and you know, maybe they want to make a move. What about the Chargers? I mean, how do you feel about them going yeah. to the Chargers? You know, Justin Herbert there, Keenan Allen. They got rid of Hunter Henry. So, you know, they, there are some targets to be picked up, you know. So what do you think about that? I think that that's a perfect situation because, you know, you're talking about the market out there. You know, it's after football. <clears throat> you're talking about at his stage in his career. You know, I'm sure he's looking to go somewhere where he's going to maybe put some roots down and not just be a one-year yeah. thing because, you know, he played for Atlanta his whole career. So to me – you know, you, you talk about the Rams or the Chargers. You know, those are both situations, you know, one veteran, one young quarterback, but two great mm-hmm. situations. And, you know, in L.A. that they need somebody to, you know, come in there. They both, you know, both teams have, you know, some, some young names to watch, but haven't really, you know, broke out. So I think that, you know, either L.A. team is a good match for him. Yeah, and then one more, and this is going to be the darkest of dark horses. It will, I don't, <laughs> this will never, ever happen, but – the Jacksonville Jaguars basically revamped their entire offense and they have plenty of cap space left, which is interesting. And lots of young talent right now. I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, the veteran guy in the room kind of carrying that uh, passing offense. I mean, that could be interesting. Trevor Lawrence slinging it to, uh, to our friend Julio Jones. What do you think about the Jaguars? Yeah, they're pretty, they're already getting pretty loaded with their offense with DJ shark and all those guys down there. Now Travis at the end. So, yeah. you know, as far as on paper, it makes sense. But I think we've seen with Jacksonville, we haven't seen any, you know, these star-studded, you know, uh, all pros, you know, future Hall of Famers, you know, rushing to end their careers there. So just for that simple reason, even though they're a team on the rise, I think they're, you know, still three-plus years out from really making some noise. So I think that if he has any say in the mold, in the move, he's probably looking to go somewhere for some of the teams we talked about because all of those teams, even even the Chargers, that can have an extremely quick turnaround from where they were and, you know, be a contender. So I think, that, right. you know, it'd be, it'd be nice for them, but I think in all likelihood he probably goes for a team that has, a, you know, a better chance for a shot to at least, you know, go deep into the playoffs. Yeah, and, and although I am a, I'm, I'm a known Patriots criticizer, which I old co-host Ryan Whitfield would be quick to point out, I actually do think that he would really be a significant upgrade uh, going to the Patriots, he'd make them a legitimate contender, I think, right off the bat, because they have a lot of good pieces there they've got now, and they've got two great tight ends there as well, you know, Hunter Henry. Um, um, so I think that there's, there's something there. I mean, it's possible that they could, they'd need an A1 receiver. He may be that guy, and he wants to play with Cam Newton, apparently. 
So who knows? Now, one more question before I turn right. to the to the Falcons. Let me ask you this: Do you think he knew he was on live TV when he told Shannon Sharp that he was out of there? Because it wasn't real clear I to me. They, <laughs> I think they always know Tobo. I think when they're talking to certain people, they know there's always that chance that you know someone's taping it. So I'm pretty sure yeah. he did. Because again, I was reading more into this before the show and. There just seems like this has been like he's just trying to do the right thing and not, you know, really go be immature about it. But this has been being talked about for months and months now. And I think Atlanta just kind of hoped that they could keep some keep wraps on it to keep some control of the situation. It was inevitable. For some reason, they didn't want to do a uh, pre-draft. But I think that maybe they have a feeling that they'll get into June as opposed to June 1st with a lot of salary cap adjustments for teams, that there'll be an opportunity to move him. But I think now they're at a disadvantage. But I still think, you know, in saying that, there's going to be teams that are going to make a run for him. But they're, they're not going to get what they think they do. But, you know, when you have Kyle Pitts and a, and, and a young team like that, Ryan, they're not going to be able to do anything with. For the next two years, he's really untradeable. So I think they just yeah. have to ride him out. If you're smart, you're going to try to you – know, picks are great. But this is a really win-now situation for Atlanta. So, you know, you're, you should try to move him for, for, for some players rather than, you know, focus on early-round picks. But I think in the end, like I said, if you have a team on the cusp of probably going to that next level, I think it makes sense for him. And, you know, it depends how hard his camp really pushes it. Yep, yep. All right, so let's turn to the Falcons. And you already kind of mentioned some of their key players there, and we talked about it a little bit before because we're all super excited about Kyle Pitts. But how do you think – Julio Jones leaving impacts the Falcons because clearly they're going to ride out, as you said, they're going to ride out Matt Ryan. They think he's the starter into the, this season, probably the next. So what do you think, how does this impact them and their outlook? Well, I, I, I still think they're in a tough situation because losing him, you have a guy like Ridley who came in with a lot of fanfare. And I think, you know, he still has the potential to be, you know, a very good receiver, but I think mm-hmm. he needs to have a compliment, a true number one receiver. So I think they're really going to be hurted. In saying that, you'll be able to use Kyle Pitts in a number of roles like that. So just because I think that's – we saw a tight end being selected so early, and a lot of people question that. It's not just a flex tight, tight end. You're going to be able to really move him out. I'm telling you, he's going to be playing wide receiver like Jimmy Graham was in New Orleans. It's going to be <clears> – <throat> you're not going to see him in line much at all. And basically, he's going to be the replacement for Julio Jones. So I think they have to get creative in what they do with the rest of their scheme, especially their running game. But, you know, no mm-hmm. doubt, if you move him, he's still, you know, a 1K a year guy. He just really hasn't put up those touchdowns. So, that you know, that's something that Pitts can do. So you're definitely going to use to lose that yardage and, and that threat. So all the attention will be on Pitts. So that'll be the problem for Atlanta. So I, I think they're in for the tough road. I think you're going to see Atlanta probably be one of the worst teams in the NFL next year. Wow. Wow. That's a shame because I, I was excited to see Pitts do something great. He still could be a real uh, production monster, but yeah, the team itself yeah. could be going south. All right. Well, we got, there's a lot to, to unpack there. We'll see how it uh, develops. It's obviously the biggest news in NFL football right now, probably because they're in the off season, but also because Julio Jones, a huge difference maker, as we uh, just discussed, can impact many teams in many in positive ways. So here we go. Hitting the bell. Let's talk about the next topic. And we won't spend a lot of time on this, but Let's turn back to Aaron Rodgers. We probably gave him enough airtime last time. But, you know, there's been some updates since the last time we talked about him. So we we all know that Aaron Rodgers is disgruntled, and the Packers do want him back. But a few weeks ago, the Packers signed quarterback Blake Bortles, formerly of the Rams and former first-round pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars, to a one-year contract. Now, Bortles, who's 29, has familiarity with both Coach LeFleur and the Rams and OC, uh, uh, with the Rams and OC Nathaniel Hackett, 
after the two went to the AFC title game together with the Jaguars. You know, Hackett reportedly, quote, loves Bortles. Okay, so let's not talk too much about Blake Bortles. But <laughs> last week, the Packers signed another quarterback in Kirk Benkert, who spent his last three years with the Atlanta Falcons. So that's a total of four quarterbacks now with Jordan Love and Rodgers. And most recently, ESPN's Rob Demofsky reported that Rodgers did not report to Packers' voluntary offseason workouts. It was further noted by the Athletics' Matt Schneidman that Rodgers usually does attend the OTAs. So if he's traded, you know, Packers are probably going to wait until after June 1, and the Broncos are reportedly still very interested in a blockbuster trade for Rodgers, but, you know, things are heating up a little bit. I I don't want to read too much into all these things, but there's, you know, when you add them all up, there could be fire, lots of little, little bits of smoke there. So, Adam, does any of this change your thoughts regarding whether Aaron Rodgers will be the starting quarterback for the Packers in 2021? I think this will go on, you know, into the preseason. But in the end, you know, I'm going to go with what Brett Favre was saying because he said in the past, no, but he said he's getting the same sense that he got with Rodgers that he felt at the end when he was done. So I think it's Denver. I don't think – I think there'll be other mm-hmm. teams, but the most serious contender, and I think the team that's willing to give him the most – that's what everyone needs to understand. It's not just about money. It's not just about winning. It's about, you know, authority and power. And I think John Elway is one – probably one of very few that could work with Aaron Rodgers. John Lynch would be another. So there's very few that I think could work. You know, you could say Diva or whatever you want to say, but at this point of his career, he's won a Super Bowl. He comes to a team with pieces. He probably, you know – skyrockets your, your team's chances to win one. So I think that Denver will make that godfather offer to try to get him when they realize it. Cause mm-hmm. I, I refuse to believe that Denver is going to go into this season with Teddy and um, what they have over there. <laughs> Drew Locke. I, I, and then yeah. Drew Locke. I li- listen, I, I, I call me crazy, but I still like Drew Locke. I just don't like him in Denver. I think he belongs in a different system. They'll let, right. him, you know, let him air it out and use his skill a little more. But I think Denver is just going nowhere. And the only one that I think could change that is Aaron Rodgers. So I think wow. – the off season, everyone's reading into that. He's never a part of that, but I think he's gonna make a play to just push real hard. I don't think they'll let it go into the season and see how it goes. I think once you get into pre the first preseason game, if there's not true discussion, it's really gonna start to heat up. And I think you know he might even go on, you know, the media talking about it, but I don't think he's gonna be quiet about it. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. And Aaron Rodgers, a big personality, he definitely lets everyone know when he's upset. You know, the fact of the matter, though, is I feel like he's threatened this a couple times and hasn't done it. Yeah. <laughs> so right. it's always in the back of my mind that, you know, as a Bears fan, that Rodgers is going to be back with the Packers and the Packers are going to be the Packers. And they're going to buy for of the course. NFC Conference Championship and fall short somewhere around that area again uh, because they didn't do anything to upgrade except for Amari Rodgers, which is uh, interesting draft pick, interesting draft pick, but not, not necessarily the firepower I thought they were going to get for him. All right. Well, that's. Let's talk about something else now because talking about Aaron Rodgers so much is making me break out in hives. So let's, let's hit the doctor's <laughs> note here. Let's get to our last topic of the day, and that is the best available NFL free agent. So I have a couple players in mind to talk about with you, Adam, and I'll throw them out there. And I know there's three in particular you're very interested in talking about, so I'm going to start with them. Uh, and why don't you tell me what you think about the player and whether you think there are any teams that should be looking to sign them. So let's start with Malik Hooker. Sure. The safety, who is currently with the Colts, uh, he is a free agent. What are your thoughts on Malik Hooker? You know, with him, it's just a case of, you know, he's had injuries since he's come into the league. He's 25 years old. He has all the upside in the world to play, you know, a deep cover safety. 
I, mm-hmm. I'm a little surprised that he's still available. Trey Boston is another one from Carolina, but, you know, Hooker, I think that a lot of teams just they don't want to bump a young pro- – because, you know, you're talking about a backup safety on a team. If, you ha- if you're in that position, you know that that's one injury from being a starter, so you better have a pretty damn good one. So I think for you to bring in Malik Hooker, at worst he's got to be your backup free safety. So I think that's probably giving some teams pause in saying that. We're going to get to the preseason. Injuries are going to happen, and that's when players are going to hit, like him are going to get scooped up on those one-year prove-it deals. But to me, he's definitely the most intriguing upside free agent as long as he can stay healthy because he's got all the talent in the world. Yeah, former first-round draft pick in 2017, obviously very, very talented. Really interesting to see where he goes uh, in this offseason if he goes anywhere. Um, and then you let's go to the next guy you talked about, though. You mentioned him when you talked about Malik Hooker. is Trey Boston, uh, safety right. with, currently with the Carolina Panthers. What are your thoughts on him, and where do you think he should be signed? Now before the last – I think it was the last three years ago, he bounced around with like four different teams in four years. But in that time, he recorded like nine interceptions. So it was like he's still a producer. He's still a playmaker. Is he a true free safety? Is he a guy you play close to the line? You know, he's kind of in that, you know, in that mix, mix and match mold. But I love him if you can have him as a backup, a sub-package safety. So I think that, you know, as camp gets by, it's not only about injury, see. It's about players that just, you know, the young guy's just not ready. Because I think they can see pretty quickly, especially with teams that have good quarterbacks, how raw these safeties are and that they're just not ready. And once teams start to see that, they start making calls. And I think – Hooker and Boston are probably going to be, you know, two that are going to get calls early on as far as, you know, the DBs. Because to me, those are the two hottest out there that I think could, you know, probably start for any team right now that that has an opening of safety. Yep, uh, I agree with all that. And it'll be interesting to see how this all develops. And, and then we're going to go to your Washington football team next and talk about Morgan Moses' offensive tackle. What are your thoughts on him? I think he should be signing. You know, I think last year we saw him really come in. He, he really looked good because he, he's played through a lot of injuries. He's been a durable guy. But in the end, he's just been that middle-of-the-road, you know, pack guy that, that fans really just were endeared with. You know, the whole Trent Williams situation, he was very outspoken about that. But what's come to light that I think made fans a little easier to deal with is there was a comment that came out about a month ago where a player said, we didn't do that. We didn't do it like this last year. And Ron Rivera apparently just looked at him and just lost his, you know, his shit. So yeah, I think yeah. um, we all found out in the end that that was probably Morgan Moses, by the way, everything was described in the end. So I think it's not just about salary cap savings, which there was, it was nearly $8 million that they're going to save. So Washington right now, is going to head into, you know, they'll be able to, what they have in rollover next year to over $50 million and be in the top five. So they're looking to bring back, you know, re-sign their guys, Terry McLaurin, John Allen, keep that defense intact because they're only a couple years away where Chase Young and Montez Sweat, that, you know, these guys are going to be viewed as the top bookends in the NFL as far as defensive ends. So I think that they have to save some money in some spot. And I think when they, when they drafted Samuel Cosby out of Texas, I was mm-hmm. surprised in the second round because a lot of people were talking about left tackle, and I just didn't see him as that. I saw him as a guy that, you know, all the measurables, four eight four forty, you know, 32, you know, reps in the bench press. But I, I really looked at him like a Morgan Moses guy, a waist bender, you know, not bending at the knees and, you know, probably going to take a little time. So it makes all the sense now that this wasn't a knee-jerk reaction, that Cosme was the replacement. And then, like we talked about before, they followed up with that former bear, uh, Leno Jr., 
So they yeah. have him now as their left tackle, you know, middle of the pack guy, you know, solid starter for three years. He's pretty much, you know, going to give you consistency. They don't have Trent Williams anymore. They just need a guy to hopefully hold everything up while, you know, they're building from the inside out. Because, you know, Washington's a team that they've re-signed their center, you know, They've got their – they brought back Eric Flowers, who is Miami, who is a busted tackle but has actually been a really good guard. And they've got some depth inside. Um, so I think now they have the ability to slowly build that outside. I think by moving on from Morgan Moses, I think it shows the new regime in Morgan, and uh, with Ron Rivera that he's just not – these are all Jay Gruden guys, and pretty much those guys are all, all, all weeded out now. That defensive, you know, line that we have, that was slowly created by the scouting department. Jay Gruden, from what we're hearing now, had very little involvement with it. So what's left intact is this defensive line. So I think Morgan Moses has a great chance, and I, I wouldn't be surprised. He, you know, everyone likes to follow McVeigh out to L.A. They're in need of a tackle. That's where I see him ending up. But in Washington, I think it's not a back-breaking move at all. They'll have some growing pains if they play the rookie. Or, you know, we actually have another – former Bear Cornelius Lucas that'll probably mm-hmm. play the right side. So I think with Morgan Moses, he just became a kid expendable. You know, he's only about 31, I think. He's turning 31. But again, yep. the play is just middle of the pack, and you're saving nearly $8 million in salary cap. So it's a Ron Rivera move. And like they keep, they say on Twitter, if you see a Washington Twitter, and Ron, we trust. That's what everyone says. So it really shows <laughs> me otherwise. And if until we don't make the playoff, then I'll have, you know, more to say on these moves. Yeah. All right. So let me give you one one scenario here. Uh, in a rival, the Giants obviously could use a tackle. Uh, Morgan Moses could step in, probably beat out their right tackles right from day one. So what are your thoughts on the Giants? They don't have a lot of room in cap space. What do you think about this? Take out of the take out of the equation <laughs> whether you want him to be playing for the Giants, but do you think he would be a fit there for the New York Giants? I I think he's going to probably hold out for more money. And I think that that's going to probably preclude the Giants for getting him because I think they're, you know, no Gettleman, they're in the realm right now of those bargain bin offensive line shopping. And that's why he his teams never seem to get it right when it comes right. to the offensive linemen. So I don't see him ending up there simply because of that. Because, you know, they could probably look at, well, you know, they drafted a, they drafted some, they have some guys that they like, and they're, they're just going to roll with them. So, you know, we saw Ryan Kerrigan go to Philadelphia for very little money. So yeah. uh, we could say, see Morgan Moses do the same. It, again, is it realistic or not that he's going to sign so quickly for a little month for so little money? I didn't think Ryan Kerrigan would. I think this would drag out. But Morgan Moses, I think there would be a little more demand. I, I knew he would clear the waivers like this, but I think that there will be a couple teams involved. And don't be surprised if the Giants, you know, make a couple moves and just, you know, maybe throw a little money at them. Okay, well, I, I, we'll see what happens there. I, I, I totally agree with you, though. He'll probably want more money than the Giants can afford. So let's turn to two more guys real quick. One, one big name out there, and I say big name because he's had a long career, so that means something right there, but Richard Sherman, cornerback, yeah. currently with the 49ers. What are your thoughts on him and whether he, where he should sign? You know, I actually I think he could provide a lot of upside for a team, even if he's you know, coming in in more of a sub-package role. I think that he does offer a lot, and I would not be surprised if you see him playing some sub-package free safety this year, even strong, because I think he offers the, the communication that backfields need. Um, mm-hmm. In saying that, the, 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 the market will be a little slim, but, again, I just keep coming back to these L.A. teams, you know, both of those, the Chargers and the Rams. 
you know, uh, I was just watching on NFL Network. Uh, the Chargers are, you know, they're getting back their unit strong. Um, they were missing their safeties, but I can still see him coming in, Richard Sherman, and adding to their unit. So I think those are two options, the Chargers and the Rams, that probably fit him well because it's not going to be about money for him. I don't think there's going to be any team that's going to be paying him what he thinks he's worth, but I think he's going to look for a team that is probably interested and has a shot to, you know, go go places in the playoffs. And I think definitely the L.A. teams make sense for him. Especially, you know, we're talking about a Stanford guy, so I can right. definitely see him going back out there. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. And one last guy I want to talk about real quick is Justin Houston with the Indianapolis Colts um, uh, edge rusher there. Obviously, they took uh, the Colts and they have two defensive linemen in the draft. So he seems to be moving on. What are your thoughts about Justin Houston? Yeah, I I think there'll be a, there won't be much of a market for him. I think in the end he'll probably retire. But cause, and I think when Ryan Kerrigan got signed first, I thought right. that Houston would probably you know go to Philadelphia first. So to me that says a lot because on the outside looking in we can you know we can read the past injuries, we can read box scores, everything like this. But the teams really know the inside and outside of how much they have left in them. And I think he'll just be one that probably announces his retirement you know in the next couple months. Oh, interesting. Well, a little bit of a shame. Great player. So, we'll interesting to see how that goes. And that wraps it up. Let's hit the air horn on the show. That's all the time we have. And uh, we have a huge announcement to make as we have a very, very special guest coming up in June. And, Adam, since this is essentially your dream come true, and mine as well, but your dream come true first, I'll let you uh, have the honors of breaking the news. Yeah, for sure. You know, we were talking about it before on social media. You know, we have Gary Clark. Uh, yes, sir. A wide receiver, Super Bowl champion uh, for Woo. the Washington Redskins. You know, he's somebody that really kept his presence um, in the DMV area, especially, you know, the Bethesda, Maryland. And he's just a great guy. You know, it, it's taken a while. You know, I've, 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 I've talked to him a couple of times and was just really happy to lock down something. Um, it's going to be really exciting. I think he's looking forward to it as well. Uh, we'll be able to talk about, you know, some of his greatest moments. And just some of his thoughts on, you know, the direction Washington is heading, what he thinks of Terry McCorn and the wide receivers for Washington. So, yeah, you know, we had Doc Walker. Now we're going to have Gary Clark. So two two Super Bowl champions, you know, in, in, in the short time. And it's exciting. It's, you know, this is what it's all about, man. Oh, yes, sir. This is going to be good stuff. Do not miss it. We'll come up with more details. I believe right now we're currently scheduled for June 7th. We'll be confirming on social media as we get closer. But it is going to be absolutely fantastic. Adam, anything else you want to promo from the Burgundy and Gold today? No, just just keep staying tuned to the, the Burgundy and Gold Report Talks. Tom. Uh, we'll have more coming out uh, and shortly, especially with Gary Clark. We'll have a, a lot going on yes, with the sir. interview. And then, you know, it's a post post uh, interview articles will be uh, out there. So the Burgundy and Gold Report.com. Follow me uh, at the BNG Report. Hail DC. All right. You can follow me on Twitter at FB Garbage Time. And as usual, thank you for listening and wasting time with us. And enjoy your NFL week.